Hello, this is Gary Hutchins with the Sunny Slope Church of Christ in Omaha, Nebraska. This is today's Bible class, a short Bible study every single day, about 13 minutes or so. But it keeps us in God's Word and thereby helps us to stay strong and even grow stronger in our faith. Because the Scriptures tell us that faith comes by hearing the Word of God, Romans 10 and verse 17. Help people in your life grow stronger in their faith and thereby come closer to God by sharing these short studies with them every day through Facebook friends, text messages, other technological means, with your family members, your, fam- your, your friends, your work associates, your neighbors. Share these studies with everybody you can every day. You may help somebody grow in their faith, come closer to God. You may help somebody get to heaven. What a great blessing that will be for them, for sure, but it will also be a great blessing for you. So make that commitment and start sharing today and every day with everybody you can. We're moving along in our line of thought and study, exhorting, encouraging, be strong in the Lord. And we take this direct statement from, from Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 10, where Paul is writing to the church in Ephesus, and he says, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. And Paul indicated in his letter to the Philippian congregation, he said, I've learned the lesson to be content in whatsoever state I am. I've learned how to be up. I've learned how to be down. I've learned how to be full. I've learned how to be hungry. And he said, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Well, the same, he, he learned the lesson, and now he's saying the same thing and encouraging us as followers of Christ, be strong in the Lord. We talked about, as we closed last time, how Revelation 12 and verse 9 portrays God casting out the devil and his followers down to this earth. So this is where the devil does his work. This is his playground. This is his workshop. And so he knows that he has a limited time to be able to do his work, because ultimately one day God is going to bring this world to a close. So in verse 9, he was cast out, speaking of the devil. In fact, he's described in, in, in uh, four different ways. In that one verse, verse 9 of Revelation 12, he's described as, that, as the great dragon, the serpent of old, the devil, Satan, and then again beyond that, who deceives the whole world. Now, he's trying to deceive us into believing that evil is good and good is evil. He's deceiving us into thinking that we can't trust God. We, we don't need to have faith in God. There is no God. Well, he works in all kinds of ways to deceive people, to pull them away from faithfulness and dedication to God and into sin, which is self-destructive. Now, If we read a little bit further here, I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, now salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ have come for the accuser of our brethren who accused them before our God day and night has been cast down. And they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. And they did not love their lives to the death. And when we look at verse 12 in Revelation 12, therefore rejoice, O heavens, and you who dwell in them, Woe to the inhabitants of the earth and the sea, for the devil has come down to you having great wrath because he knows that he has a short time. So while the devil is powerful, God is all-powerful. 
and God restricts the devil's power at certain degrees, only allows him certain latitude to do his work. The devil cannot overpower us except by our permission and our agreement. Now, Romans chapter 5, Romans chapter 5, and I want us to read there in verse 12. And here we read, Therefore, just as through one man sin entered the world, and death through sin, and thus death spread to all men because all sinned. We're not talking about just physical death here. We're talking about ultimately eternal death in hell. Now, that's not an annihilation where you cease to exist. As we think of somebody who has been buried in a grave from physical death, he's just not there anymore. That's the shell, but he's, he's not there anymore. Well, we never reach, when we're talking about eternal condemnation in hell, we never reach the point of totally coming to not not exist anymore spiritually, but our soul is going through an eternal condemnation, an eternal punishment and judgment from God in the torments and the condemnation of hell. In Romans 6 and verse 23, the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. God makes the way for us or has made the way for us to be able to be with him forever in heaven through Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. He sent his son to die on that cross to pay the price for the guilt of our sins. But he leaves the choice up to us. Now, I think from a logical perspective, we'd say, it's a no-brainer. I want to be in heaven forever. I want to walk those golden streets. I want to enter in through those pearly gates. I want to be where there's no more pain or sickness or dying or grief or sorrow and so on. But see, again, the devil's the great deceiver, and he deceives people into thinking, you, you don't have to do that. You're going to be just fine living in sin. Now, he doesn't, he doesn't put it that way, but he deceives us into alluring us into sinful practices that he tries to portray as being good and enjoyable and pleasurable and even righteous. And he also tries to deceive a whole lot of people into thinking that God, oh man, you don't want to follow him. That's too hard. He's mean. Well, so the devil will use whatever line of deception he can to lead people away from God and into sin. James wrote in James chapter 1, beginning with verse 13, let no one say when he is tempted, I am tempted by God. For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he himself tempt anyone. But each one is tempted when he is drawn away by his own desires and enticed. Then when desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin, and sin, when it is full grown, brings forth death. Now, that's the bottom line. When we're talking about living a sinful lifestyle, we're talking about not just physical death, we're talking about eternal condemnation, which is described as the second death in Revelation chapter 21 and verse 8. Notice how it is, how it is put forth here. The cowardly, unbelieving, abominable, murderers, sexually immoral, sorcerers, idolaters, and all liars shall have their part in the lake which burns with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. So we're talking about an eternal state of dying 
without ever getting to the point of being dead, finally, and not existing. It's the agonies, the torments, the pain and suffering of death on an ongoing basis. So the sin the devil works to lure us into leads to death. But the devil also uses illness, infirmities, hardships, again, sorrows of all kinds, relational problems. He uses all of that to weaken our faith and lead us into sin. Read Job chapters 1 and 2, how the devil worked on Job. Now, God said you can only go so far, but the devil worked on Job. He lost all of his children in one day. He lost probably most of his wealth in one day. He lost a lot of his servants in one day. And ultimately, he broke out with sores from the top of his head to the bottom of his feet. And so he was in physical agony himself. And all of that was an attempt on the part of the devil to lead Job to turn away from God, to curse God and die. Paul described some physical impediment, some physical problem in his own life as a thorn in the flesh that he identified as a messenger of Satan. 2 Corinthians 12, verses 7 and 8. We, we look at the 23rd Psalm, and unfortunately, and I think it is unfortunate, that it seems to be read mostly at funerals. And so the psalmist said, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want, and, and so on. And then in one particular point in that psalm, he says, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Well, the valley of the shadow of death, when we live in this world, in this physical life, every day we are walking through the valley of the shadow of death. Because you see, this life is finite from a physical perspective. We're going to die one day. Even if somehow medical technology came up with a way to extend our life to 200 years, we're going to die one day physically. That is written down by God as natural law, basically. We're going to die one day. And after this, the judgment Hebrews chapter 9, verses 27 and 28. Now, we're not going to live forever in this world. But for the Christian, he looks forward to life after this world. And that's eternal life in heaven. But we see death all around us every day. Every day. We see violence. We see problems. We see all kinds of things. Wars and, and pestilences all the time, every day. Life in this world, from a realistic perspective, we can say, yeah, this is the valley of the shadow of death. I'm walking through it every day. But here's, here's, here's what the scriptures encourage us with. If we're walking with God, and I've said this since the beginning of this, or from the beginning of this particular line of thought and study, the Christian, we have an advantage over everybody else who's going through all the difficulties of physical life in this world because we're looking forward to eternal life in heaven. We know that whatever happens in this world, this world is not the end for us. We're looking toward heaven. 
In Hebrews chapter 13 and verses 5 and 6, the Hebrews writer encourages us this way. Let your conduct be without covetousness. Be content with such things as you have, for he himself has said, and this is God speaking to us, I will never leave you nor forsake you. So we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper. I will not fear. What can man do to me? Ah, God has said, as long as you're walking with me, I'll always walk with you. As long as you don't let go of my hand, I'll never let go of yours. And so how do we defeat the devil? How do we be strong in the Lord? James chapter 4, verses 7 and 8, resist the devil and he will flee from you. Draw near to God and he will draw near to you. And here, as we've just seen, God has said, long as you walk with me, I'll always walk with you. I'll never leave you nor forsake you. We can be strong in the Lord, but that focus needs to be in the Lord and in his power that can work in us. We'll finish our study next time. Let's pray. Father in heaven, praise, glory, honor, and thanks be to you for giving us the opportunity and the way to be with you, to walk with you through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Help us, Father, to be strong in the Lord always. Give us that wisdom and guidance to be strong and to walk in the strength of the Lord always, Father, and to be victorious over the devil and all of his wiles. Please forgive us, gracious Father, and we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.